I'm Dr. Michelle Plaster, and you're listening to Between Two White Coats, a weekly podcast where we dig into key issues surrounding health and wellness. I'm a family medicine doctor, and my co-host, Amber Foster, is a family medicine nurse practitioner. In our combined 30 years in medicine, we've seen a lot. We are taking some of our biggest questions, obstacles, and patient-centered advice and wrapping it into a 20-minute weekly podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. If you have found this podcast helpful, give us a five-star rating and review. This helps other people find our podcast. And make sure you share it with your friends. Thank you for your time. We look forward to serving you. Thank you for joining us today. We are thrilled to be joined by a very special friend of ours, Dr. Sherry Hawkins. Um, We are uh, going to be talking about counseling and the importance of counseling. We hope to break down for people what is counseling or therapy sessions. Um, And of course, just dig in a little bit more on mental wellness. I say mental wellness because we're going to dig in and really talk about what is just being in your best mental space versus mental illness, which may be diagnosis and treatment plans that um, will be a little more uniform or involve other people outside of the counselor as well. So let me tell you a little bit about Sherry and then we'll dig in and she will teach us lots of stuff and give us a lot of great information. Um, Sherry and I go way back and Sherry and Amber and I have known each other for a long time and I don't know how many hundreds of patients that we have co-managed and worked together on, and that has been a real blessing for us. Sherry has a bachelor's degree in psychology, a master's degree in professional counseling, and a PhD as uh, in counselor education and supervision. She takes special interest with that PhD of working with students and helping train the next generation of counselors. I have often thought we make a small dent in what we do and a big dent in training the next people who come after Mm us. Um, She is a licensed professional counselor. She has 23 years of experience in counseling and therapy, and she owns a wonderful, amazing center called Hope Springs Counseling. They have offices in Monroe, Georgia and Madison, Georgia. And Hope Springs has a slightly different approach to counseling, and we're going to come back and I'm going to have you tell us a little bit about how you do your work there. She serves as a clinical faculty professor at Adams State University for master's level counselors, and she has interest and expertise in a number of different areas that we're going to touch on today one of which I think is an area I've learned a lot about from Sherry, and that's the area of trauma and treatment for trauma. And she's a certified EMDR therapist, and she's going to tell us a little bit about that. She's certified anger management specialist. She works in yoga therapy, nature-based counseling, and is a certified forest therapy guide, which is super interesting and I think something I personally would benefit from. Um, And she's a certified supervisor for counselors. And I love my favorite thing on your website is that you say you love being invited into a person's story Mm -hmm. and joining people in their journeys, which is a great way to think about Mm -hmm. therapy and counseling. Absolutely. Let's start by you telling us about Hope Springs. Okay. 
Hope Springs um, came about when I decided 10 years ago that I was tired of working in an environment where I couldn't really dig into the community and be involved in people's lives in a deeper way. So feeling that sense of isolation, I decided I'm going to bring my practice and my work to my own community. So I opened Hope Springs and uh, planned on just serving people as they needed just me. I had no plans to bring on other clinicians. But several years later, I actually had someone approach me wanting a place to serve within their practicum and internship. And I reluctantly agreed because at that point, I didn't see the vision that is now Hope Springs. I knew that I wanted to serve, but I didn't see the bigger picture. So long story short, we began collecting clinicians as people had interest and as I felt led to bring them on and felt like it was a good fit and we had similar philosophies and treatment. And so here we are today with our center in Monroe with highly skilled clinicians, and we are consistently adding more as again, we feel like it's a good fit and they, they share the same philosophy of the whole person perspective of treatment. So now we have our location in Monroe and Madison. Now you offer, I think that we historically have a picture of what a therapy session would be, mm -hmm. um, but you offer a lot of services like yoga therapy or nature walks. Tell yes. us about that, um, if I could call it non-traditional, at least in people's mind. Um, different approach to mental wellness or, or overall wellness. Absolutely. So we function very much as one would imagine a traditional counselor counseling center functioning in many ways. However, about five years ago, I was actually sitting in my office waiting on another client to come in. And I myself felt this sense of the walls are closing in on me in here and I feel very stifled. And um, as I did further self-exploration of that feeling, I recognized that I myself was not allowing enough space for intentional ways to bring my own stress level down and decompress from the work that we do in helping people hold their stories. So I began that process of exploration and realization that all through my life, nature had been one of my places of peace and that decompression feeling. So I allowed space for that more for myself. And as I did, I began thinking, why do we not utilize this kind of environment within our treatment modalities in working with our clients? Because this is just a naturally therapeutic space. And so while we try also to create a safe, comfortable space within the office environment, we also have the ability now to offer more nature-based therapy where we can have people outside and uh, in very intentional spaces where it's also safe and confidential and allow that space to help our clients to sink in deeper to their therapy work, whether it's a traditional type of um, just talk therapy or whether it's doing something more intentional like the forest therapy work where 
we're actually taking time to have an excursion with intentional activities in a forest environment. So we have different ways that we can incorporate many different types of environments and treatment modalities, but we also still offer that therapy space within our office so that people who do want the safety and security of that environment still have that option. I love that. And I think it's a one size doesn't fit all approach to anything. That's right. Um, I, I personally love that because I'm an outside exerciser Mm -hmm. and I will feel so de-stressed if I go for a run outside or a walk outside. And if I'm on the treadmill, I think I'm more angry when I get off the treadmill than when I get on. It's just, and, and other people can get on that treadmill and be in their safe zone and, and it's just not me. I I think it's great. And, and I think it allows people to just be in the environment that they're most comfortable in so that it allows them to be comfortable as they dig a little deeper for their own Absolutely, absolutely. And I think as far as our clients in trying to decide for themselves, which would I prefer, that's something that we are able to help them with. So a lot of times our clients may feel more comfortable coming into our office, meeting us, getting an idea of, is this a connective relationship? Does this feel like a safe space? Do I feel like this is a place that I can actually allow myself to do my personal work? And then we decide together, what do we do next? You know, where would we prefer to meet? And if the office environment is more comfortable, then that is absolutely allowed as well. That's awesome. I love that. Um, tell me about just expanding a little on the different types of therapies that uh, exist out there in our community or others. Tell me about yoga therapy. Yeah, so yoga therapy is one of the types of therapies that allows us to really sink into the physical manifestation of our emotional issues. So a lot of times when people uh, come to us, they may have a sense of, I have this chronic pain that I cannot get rid of. I have this back pain. My doctor has cleared me to where they can't find any physical reason that I'm having this pain. In that case, then yoga therapy can aid us as we're also doing the emotional and mental work in, in conjunction with that. The yoga therapy can actually help us to be able to help that client to get into that physical space where they are feeling those increased places of holding that emotion and offer them an opportunity to release those areas and with our assistance. So it's very different than a yoga class. A lot of people will think, well, I'm not really into yoga or I've never done yoga, so I don't feel comfortable with that. The difference between a class and yoga therapy is that I am actually assisting that client into different postures. And it's a, uh, a work in progress as we are both working together in those yoga poses to assess their level of comfort, the places where they are feeling those increased sensations and getting to those edges of not going to the point of pain, but just getting to the point of this is my edge. 
and then allowing them that that space to be able to sink into that and release those areas. There's two things I'm hearing that really stand out. One, the physical manifestation Mm -hmm. of psychological concerns. Mm -hmm. And I think we frequently discount how important that is. Absolutely. There are a number of people who are physically suffering. Yes. True pain, chronic pain that I truly will not be fixed until we can help them with what's going on mentally. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing I hear you say is really having someone who is trained in this to be able to link your mind and your body better. Mm -hmm. I think we want to believe that uh, the brain is its own separate thing, not connected to anything else. We have full control over it and, but our body, we don't, Um, but they are so one in the same. They are so interconnected. And within the ther- the yoga therapy work, quite often we will have a client that comes that doesn't really have a good idea of what is causing them any emotional pain. And so we don't go there. We go into the body. We go into the poses. And quite often our client will experience an emotional release and a memory or a thought that comes to them as they are experiencing the release in that part of their body. And that that release then allows them to recognize, oh, I didn't realize that was still there and yeah. that, that I had not dealt with that. And, yeah. and I think that you and I think very clearly, yes, people have physical manifestation mm-hmm. of psychological stuff. This mm-hmm. seems like common knowledge, mm-hmm. but it is so common that people are not allowed to feel something. Absolutely. And if you've been told your whole life that you're not allowed to feel something, you're not going to feel it. So Absolutely. when someone asks you, do you feel angry? And nice girls don't get angry and you've never once been able to be angry in your life. You're going to always no, I'm fine. Absolutely. And that response, you know, how many times does someone, I think it's funny. I walk into an exam room and I say, how are you today? You're at the doctor's office. It's probably sure. not great, but sure. that it's just our normal response. And then my patient who's sitting there with the flu says, I'm fine. Oh, no, <laughs> yes. great. Just, you know, we're so trained yes. to make sure the world thinks we're fine. Yes. And we tell ourselves we're fine yeah. and we get disconnected yes. from the, from what's making us not fine. Absolutely. And we have to dig in sometimes to figure out. And, and I think it's so important for people to hear you say, having someone who is trained and has expertise and guiding you through this. Absolutely. Because to know that, okay, my body hurts and it all started when something emotional happened to me and try to talk your way through that is not going to happen without the guidance of of an expert. Absolutely. No more than you're going to overcome your diabetes without your doctor. That's right. So Sherry, I think a lot of people have um, a misunderstanding of what is PTSD um, or trauma. You know, Mm -hmm. I like that we call it trauma a little bit more now, Mm -hmm. but you know, PTSD tends to have the understanding of someone went to war and Mm -hmm. they saw things that no person can process Mm -hmm. and they've come back changed for it. And now we need to dig in and help that, which absolutely is real and needs a lot of attention. 
But trauma is so much more broad than that. It's not just of soldiers. Talk to us about trauma and the therapies that are related to that. Absolutely. So I am a certified EMDR practitioner, and EMDR stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. So just remember EMDR. Yeah, because otherwise it's a lot. (laughs) so, So that is one of the treatment modalities for trauma. However, there are so many clients that come to us and I, as the therapist, can see the benefit that the EMDR therapy could have in their specific situation. And yet I'm always very careful not to name it as trauma with that client who has not heard of EMDR or hasn't really named it as trauma themselves. Because so many people don't recognize even small, seemingly small things that happen in their lives that then lead to larger repercussions on their health and relationships. So I tend to give uh, what I consider sort of the little t version of trauma example of Say you're five years old and you've got two friends on the playground and they tell you, I don't want to play with you. We want to go play by ourselves. You may go forward in life and have this view of, I'm not good enough. And therefore not reach out to people, not attempt to make friends. And 30 years later, you may feel this feeling of emptiness and I'm not feeling like I'm really connected with a lot of people. Most of the time, People are not going to go back to that five-year-old incident on the playground. And it may or may not be just, of course, related to that. But what tends to happen is that would be considered a memory that they may have somewhere stored down deep in their memory bank that as we're talking through experiences, it may come up. They may have themselves this, this moment of, realization of, you know, I've never really had friends. Well, when did that start? And so people tend to have this conception that therapists have you lie on the couch, let's talk about your childhood and tell me how you feel. And that's not what we do. And yet there is some validity to those moments that come up that we have memories related to. And it's not about like the significance per se of that moment in time as much as it is, what did we walk away from with a negative belief about ourselves in regard? So if we have walked away from that experience with, I'm not good enough, or I'm not likable, then there are other evidences that we then collect data points throughout our life that people are looking for to see, I'm not that. Mm. And so then it affects their relationships. So when someone comes in and says, you know, I don't have any, I don't have a social network. I don't, I don't really have any close friends. Let's talk about that. You know, let's talk about, talk about when did that start? Tell me about a time that you did have a close friend. And so we may go back, but it's in order to inform what is happening now. The EMDR treatment is a means to be able to go back into those memories where we identify I'm pretty certain it started right about here, although we don't have to be absolutely certain that was that was where it started. A memory can represent many different experiences that are related. So if we using the EMDR target one of those memories and the belief that we then walked away from from that experience, it helps our brain to break those trauma connections that were made in that moment and heal and have 
our going forward way of being very different than before as we've been walking away with I am enough, I am likable, that kind of shift can happen using that EMDR therapy. So little t trauma is one piece of that puzzle, but then there are experiences that people have that they themselves would say, I, I know I have PTSD. I had this major car wreck. I was um, in active duty in Iraq. And here I am now experiencing all of these ne- negative ramifications in my life. And quite often, like we talked about earlier, the physical is where that tends to show up more. So while we talked about the yoga therapy earlier as a means to be able to help the body release some of those emotions, the EMDR would be considered sort of your gold standard in treating what we're holding and where it's manifesting itself in the body. Anytime we do an EMDR session, one of the key components of that work is recognizing when you describe that experience, where do you notice you feel it within your body? Almost every time we ever do that, the person immediately says, oh, I can, it's right here, or it's in my chest, or I feel it in my stomach, like a gut punch. And wherever they're holding it, they can usually tell you, I'm feeling it right now just talking about this. So the mind-body connection is so strong that people feel it, even if they're not reliving that experience, they're just talking about it. But we don't tend to recognize that on our own, that our bodies are hurting and it, I'm thinking about this. So that's where we come in as the therapist to help you identify and make those connections. Because when, when we are just sort of going about our daily lives, we may have a stomach ache or we may have this pain in our neck that we just can't get rid of. And we're focused on the pain. We're not, we're not spending time thinking about what was I thinking about right before I started feeling that significant pain in my stomach. That's where we as therapists are trying to help you identify those places and make that connection. How long is a typical uh, session with EMDR? So when someone comes to see us, they are there for a one-hour session. Um, EMDR is something that we will assess readiness for. We help you develop resources within your own world to be able to have different coping strategies in place as we're doing the trauma work. Um, So it's a process. So someone would come to us for an an initial session, let us get a good picture of what we think is going on and then develop a plan for EMDR. When we set up an EMDR session, when we've established that relationship and we've decided next time you come, we're going to do the EMDR work. We can do that also within a one hour session. So. Mm-hmm. Um, that just makes me wonder, uh, a lot of people don't know what to expect from therapy or mm-hmm. they think, oh, that, is that something I go to for the rest of my life? Or, um, can you help someone who may be a little, uh, intimidated by the thought of going to therapy as to what they might expect? Absolutely. So, All of my therapists at Hope Springs, one of the things that I look for when I bring clinicians on to join me is the ability to really be gentle, real, connective, personable with the clients that they work with. 
we know that if they have an established relationship that feels connected and they feel safe and secure, that that client is going to feel safe in being able to allow themselves to acknowledge some things that are hard to probably even acknowledge for themselves. So when they come, it's very much like coming into someone's living room and meeting someone for the first time and then having that experience of, okay, here we are. This is who I am. This is who you are. The therapist is there to join that person in their healing journey. And so they are there not as the expert. They're there with a lot of experience, a lot of things that they have learned that can help within the treatment with that client. But there is very much this collaborative sense and a a relational connection that is established within that working relationship. So when they are within our office, in either our Madison or Monroe office, it very much feels like you're in someone's living room or den just having conversation. Um, Our conversation is very intentional, and you would not hear, how does that make you feel? (laughs) It's not like being on Dr. Phil. It's It's not. not. So so we're, we're there to really help them identify what is it that is causing a lot of your experience of pain right now, emotionally, physically, whatever it is bringing them to therapy. Let's help sort of uncover what you feel like are the key pieces that are causing you the most stress right now. And then let's decide together what what strengths do you already have? Resources do you already have within your world? What areas could be causing you to feel inhibited in being able to go forward and feel better? Um, And then we work together to create a plan for how do we get there? Like if you are deciding for yourself, you'd like to be here and here you are today, what do you already have in place that's working? What do we maybe need to change? And let's let's work together on getting a plan together. So part of that plan may include EMDR work. It may include uh, checking in with their doctor and getting a physical and, and eliminating any worry of anything contributing to their condition physically. Um, it could involve also adding in someone like a psychiatrist who could do a broader assessment and evaluate for any potential um, medication benefit that could help complement the therapy. So we are looking at that person, like I said earlier, as this whole person. We're looking at how are, how are we going to help them reach the goal that they've set and what other professionals could be involved within that treatment plan that would give them the most chance of success in getting there. I think one of the things with trauma therapy or what I've seen behind closed doors here is that what's trauma for you is not necessarily trauma for me and vice versa. And so sometimes people will say to me when I've said, hey, you know what, I think you could really benefit from some therapy and 
I refer them to Hope Springs often for the EMDR. Mm-hmm. They don't realize that what they've experienced is trauma. And I'm like, yeah. well, that's even though it might not be something huge, like you said, like little T mm-hmm. trauma yeah. can be the five year old on the playground. Absolutely. What is the easiest way, like for someone today that might be like, oh, some of this is ringing true. What are some of the like check boxes that you say this would be considered little T trauma versus most of us can assess like, you know, I was an, a veteran or, you know, those are big T traumas mm-hmm. that we say. Mm-hmm. Um, that people can easily identify, rape, molestation, those types of things. But the little T traumas, I think, is where people struggle. And that's honestly where I see it most often mm-hmm. that they're hanging on to that. And I know I've referred several people and like they're they're like, oh, my goodness, it has changed. EMDR has changed my life, mm-hmm. like trauma therapy, sitting down with mm-hmm. them. Thank you. And I like for years I've been trying to get people to go and they finally come and they're like, yeah. why did I wait so long? Yes. So how would you help someone identify Maybe you are struggling with this and you don't realize it's a little T trauma. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So as part of the history taking within the EMDR prep work, we are together looking for what is causing the issue today? What is it that seems to be the main source of stress? So say, for instance, it was a significant relationship issue with with someone. Uh, This client has come in, you know, I'm, I'm not. I'm not getting along with my spouse kind of thing. Um, if if we look at that from a perspective of when did this start and then how far back do we feel like this goes? Like wh- when you think of when this actually started for you, what is the feeling about yourself within that experience that identified this is where that started? What is the belief that you you feel like you're holding in regard to yourself? And then is there a time you can remember ever feeling that in the past? And so when you help people to really boil down, where did this come from? Like, I don't feel like, like I used earlier, that I'm good enough in this relationship, for instance. Then how far back does that necessarily, when did that originate? Um, And that is where the childhood stuff comes in. So there is some truth, of course, to this stereotypical therapy of, you know, look at the childhood, but it's to inform the present. So if we look at where do you remember, what part of your life do you remember having that experience of not feeling like you're enough? Quite often, people will have different things that come to mind. It doesn't have to be the little t. So I think that that's where a lot of people feel a lot of pressure and stress, especially as they think about getting help is, I don't really even know what I would talk about. And I don't know where this came from. And I don't have like this major thing that happened when I was young. But people don't remember a lot of times those little things like that, seemingly little that they walked away from that experience with something that then leads them in their in their relationships even as adults so they don't have to have that knowledge and that awareness because as we work together and we start exploring together when they remember feeling this way in the past quite often certain things will pop pop in their mind that they'll think you know this this was kind of significant i didn't even realized that that was something I was still sort of holding some stuff about. But when I think about that, it causes some disturbance. I feel that in my body, you know. So we help them 
to identify those areas and then we target those. And you know, not everyone has primary care like Amber and I who are quick to say, I think you should go to counseling. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I, I say, don't know. I'm not a good therapist. I don't want. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to talk to somebody that is. And yeah. I don't know. I, I did a master's degree in counseling before I went to medical school mm-hmm. and we would practice on each other and we were not experienced or skilled. We were mm-hmm. students. Mm-hmm. But I don't know anyone who doesn't benefit from that therapeutic conversation absolutely. and so I really believe that the people who should consider seeing a counselor include anything from people who truly have something that they know they have that they've been afraid to do something with to people who simply aren't getting the outcomes in life that they wish they could get you know what I hear you saying is we don't just identify why we identify how how are you going to get through tomorrow better than yes. you did yesterday? Absolutely. And and then learn some skills because mm-hmm. when we know only what we know, yeah. we'll do only what we've done. Yes. And so when we learn something more, we can do something different. Absolutely. And that's what therapy, I think, really helps people. If you're starting to feel panicked or anxious and you can learn skills to redirect your mind so that you're not ruminating on, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe until you absolutely can't breathe. But you can learn to develop behavioral therapies and other things so that you can, you can take your mind to a different place. You can have a different level of control of your situations or of, of your choices. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just recognizing that the choices you're making aren't the choices that are working for you. Absolutely. But having yeah. that licensed yeah. person who is an expert in the area mm-hmm. to be able to guide you in recognizing and sometimes recognizing the why. And we've talked a lot about how do we get to, you know, where did that come from and why are we doing that? It's it's that aha moment for people mm-hmm. that allows them to then own and recognize and say, oh, Absolutely. That's what I do, and that's why I do it. Yes. And I'd love to point out also that there are so many people that feel a lot of fear associated with the reflecting back on different things that have happened in their past. So they they may be aware or not aware, but the idea of looking back feels like, "Mm, yeah, no, I'm just going to keep going forward. I can't hold that. We don't have to do the EMDR work, and we would not do the EMDR work if a person felt like, that's not where I want to go with this. Even if we believe this could be alleviated in a lot of ways by looking at that, we're not going to press that on anyone. And so there's a lot of benefit also in just what you described of the cognitive behavioral work of looking at what am I thinking about all day? What am I ruminating about over and over? What thought was that that I had right before I felt that feeling? So if people can begin to learn that process of identifying their thoughts and how they affect their feelings and then how those feelings then affect their behaviors, they can make changes in each component of that equation. And we're there to help teach them how to do that and to give them different ways of impacting each of those areas. I hope that our conversation allows people to know that therapy is a very safe place, probably the safest place that anyone can find. Yes. That uh, licensed counselors are people who are going to meet you where you are in your comfort zone. 
I mean, I wish we met people in that comfort zone better because we're, you're, we're going to push you into your comfort zone in, in primary care. No, your A1C is too high and we're going to make some changes. Yes. But that does not, you know, therapy is such a safe place that meets people in their comfort zone and helps them to develop tools that can change the course of their life and That's the right. and the course of their thoughts and yes. um so i really hope that if anyone is thinking am i really living my best life am i in my my best mental and and emotional space um if you're even contemplating that yes. it is worth an opportunity to sit with someone and really dig in and see what more there may be for you yes and there's also not a start and end point to mental health. So we may have someone that says, you know, I just really want to get an idea of what I might want to do for myself to feel better. They may choose that it's not the right time. They may, after getting in there and deciding, you know, yeah, there's a lot there and I just don't have the space for this right now. They still have learned something. They mm-hmm. still have gained something about themselves. And sometimes even that can make someone feel better. Just knowing, okay, I get it. This is all, this is all my stuff. And I'm still going to pack it over there in my trunk. And it's going to be there for when I'm ready to start looking at it. But right now, I'm not. Or I may just want to look at one piece of it. I may just want to implement this, you know, healthcare plan for myself of just adding in exercise, adding in some good healthy living habits, but all the stuff that sort of contributed to me not investing in myself. I know it's there. I'm not ready to tackle it right now. We will meet them where they are. It's their journey. We're there to join them wherever they are on it, and we're going to encourage them and and just be there as helping them along the way. So I hope if you are out there and you're thinking at all that life is a little bit harder than what it needs to be, Mm -hmm. that you can talk to your primary care, you can seek resources in your community um, for a good counselor or therapist who can help guide you forward. Yes. We like to finish each episode on a positive note. So here's today's Tell Me Something Good. Something good is therapy. I have a master's degree in counseling. And when I was a person in my 20s doing my master's, I really enjoyed counseling each other as we learned how to become counselors. At that moment, I came to learn that every single person benefits from therapy. If you feel like you have some things that you would like to sort out or thoughts that you could use some assistance with, I strongly encourage you to look into getting some counseling. It is a life changer for so many people. Thank you for joining us today. And until next time, take care of yourself.